You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Alicia Thomas. And y'all, today I am just so giddy in my spirit. Our guest today, oh my gosh, she plays piano. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. She plays piano. She has a blog. She is a correspondent for Extra TV, but she's also an attorney. To me, she is the perfect example of what it looks like to reach your full potential. <laughs> and even with that said, I feel like she is just getting started. You guys, please help me welcome the reigning Miss USA 2019, Chesley Christ. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for that introduction. You're so enthusiastic this morning. Had your coffee. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I actually don't even drink coffee. I'm always just like, I have Same. so much. I don't either, which is so funny. Like I always tell friends like, let's meet for coffee. And then I don't actually order coffee at like hot chocolate. Well, see, it, it took me a while to get on that game because I would always order coffee for a coffee date. And my body's like, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just don't like, like it that much. I mean, I'll drink it if it's, if I'm cold and that's the only thing that's like available, but otherwise, otherwise I'm like, no. I feel that you look so beautiful. I'm so happy to see you and to meet you. Chesley, what an honor. Thank you. It's, it's an honor to be on. Thank you. So this is, it's a new show. It's a new podcast. I'm launching it next week. I'm so excited. So oh I'm, my God, that's so cool. Congratulations. It's a huge endeavor. Thank you. It's like Broadway's been shut down for since March. And it's yeah. like, I got to get my creative outlet somewhere. So yeah, we all do. Um, but can we dive in? Can we talk about, can we start with your year? <laughs> Did you have any idea that so many history-making events would happen in this one year of your reign? No, you know, I don't think anybody could have predicted it. Um, you know, even outside of pageantry, I don't think anybody could have predicted that you would be struggling with, you know, this global pandemic, that our election would be so divisive, that there would be widespread unrest across the country. I mean, there's so much that nobody could have predicted. But, you know, I'm glad that I still get to be Miss USA during this time. It's been really exciting. And I think the organization itself has been really flexible in dealing with what's happening and trying to make sure that we're still connecting with our audience and inspiring people to be their best selves. Right. I feel like you've been doing a great job, like, like from the outside looking at you. I'm like, okay, it it looks like your year is still in full force. Like it's, (laughs) it's great to watch. And I'm happy that it didn't like come to a halt because of everything that's happening. Yeah. Um, Thank you. um, But can we get into it? Because I have so many questions about, (laughs) (laughs) about this crown on your head that you have grown, not your Miss USA crown. (laughs) This crown. (laughs) Literally, like, what? I need to, where should we start? Can you tell me a little bit about your, um, your racial background? 
Oh, okay. So my, my mom, she's black. My dad's white. Um, and so um, I have like a mixed blended family. And I think seeing the different cultures and seeing sort of the background uh, between, you know, my parents has been really interesting. Like Thanksgiving at, you know, my grandma, my paternal grandmother's house is very different from Thanksgiving on my maternal, you know, grandmother um, at her house. So I think seeing those two sides has been really interesting. What kind of curl would you just define your curls as? If you know, like 3C? Honestly, I don't know. And I've not, like, I, I always read where people are talking about, like, their different curls, right. their number and everything. And I've never really known mine, especially because, like, my hair, the curl pattern is different on different sides of my head. Like, the back of my head doesn't curl at all. I don't know if you can kind of see, like. No, I've never noticed that pattern. ever. Because I will, the good thing is that like it is in the back of my head. And so when I'm talking to people, you can't see, but like if you're standing behind me, there have been several times where I've been on photo shoots and they've been like, oh, you forgot to like actually apply product to the back of your head. I'm like, no, I did. It just doesn't curl. So there's, there's so many different curls. Whereas like in the front of my hair, you know, I have these tight um, little ringlets. And so it's just, I don't know, it's probably like three different kinds at different parts. I've never really known. It's. It's gorgeous. Y'all, if you're listening and you're not watching this broadcast, Chesley has the biggest mane you've ever <laughs> seen. It's just this gorgeous. Oh, my goodness. Oh, so tell you. me. If, you're welcome. I want to know about your hair journey. It's not always been this, has it? Has no, it? Oh, no. Yes. Yeah, so when I was when I was a kid, my mom uh, used to relax my hair uh, because, you know, I have I have there are six of us. So I have five siblings. And as you can imagine, like getting ready in the mornings is, is pretty hectic. And I think what she understood, what many women understood was like, you know, if you want to have uh, manageable hair, you relax it. So from the time I was, actually, I don't even know when it, when it really started, but until I was uh, a freshman in college, I used to get relaxers. And so I would, my hair was always straight. It was usually pretty long, but it was straight and I had some curl patterns sometimes, but it was mostly waves. It wasn't real curls. And uh, when I got to college, I ran track in undergrad and having flat iron hair was just impossible uh, while you're sweating and working out so much. So instead of leaving my hair relaxed, I decided to just grow it out. I was was getting kind of tired of having to get my hair relaxed all the time because, you know, unless you know how to relax your own hair, now you got to go to a salon and depend on their time and you're broke as a college student. You don't have the money for all that. Right. And so when I was a, I think it was, a, I think I was still a freshman in college. I did the big chop and, and my hair was so short for a long time. And, and now it's not, now it's this. And it took a long time to figure out how to do it and how to deal with it. But that's sort of the long and short of it. I was going to ask if you've ever had a big chop. Like, was that terrifying? Like- oh my gosh. Yes, it definitely was. My sister she has a salon. She specializes in natural hair, and she was the one who cut it for me. And I remember, I remember she cut it off, and I just looked in the mirror and just started crying. <laughs> like, oh. I like I look like a boy. That was the shortest my hair had ever been. My hair had been long my entire life, and so I just remember thinking, like, I hate it. I can't believe I did this. And it was then that me and my sister realized that my hair curls differently, not only front versus back, but also side to side. So like my left side of my, of my head is mostly waves and the right side is curls. It is very obvious when she cut it. So I was like, I've cut my hair off and it's, and I don't even have the curls that I want. Um, so 
so it was very scary initially, but you know, you get used to it. You figure out the products and styles that you like, and then you really get into your groove. And so it took a little bit for me to get into my groove, but I'm there now. Okay. So about this groove, can you walk me through your daily routine? Do you do it every day? Is it no, I probably once every five days. Yeah, it, t- it takes, you know, I, I think it my my routine varies a little depending on what I'm doing that day and whether or not I've worked out. Because if I um, if I work out, obviously, I'll have to do more maintenance during the week than than if I don't. Um, so this week, I think I washed my hair on Monday, maybe. And, uh, and, you know, did applied product, applied leave-in to my whole head and did some finger curls in the front. And then after that, like, I think Wednesday and yesterday morning, I did some touch-ups just because, you know, it was raining outside. And so my hair got a little more frizzy. And so I had to touch up some curls here and there. But as far as like really, uh, you know, doing the whole thing, I only did that on Monday and everything else is just touch-ups. And then the following week, I'll do like a moisture treatment and then start again on Monday. I'm like literally trying to visualize all this instead of taking notes right now. I'm going to have to, <laughs> where are you right now? Like where in the world are you right now? I'm in New York city. Oh, hi, me too. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, so if you hear like construction and people screaming or random music outside, like that's what yes. I'm in the city. That's absolutely. I was like, Lord, my, I am getting new neighbors. I'm like, please don't do construction today. <laughs> oh my God, it's the worst. That and like I live, uh, where I live, there's just a lot of flashing lights all the time. So there's like literally flashes of light. You can see like red every now and then right above my head, but Amazing. I'm used to it eventually. Um, can I ask what products you're using right now? Uh, yeah, so we actually have a, a hair sponsor, Chi. Um, oh. So I've actually made a video about some of the products that I've tried from them. I've also used other products, you know, during my life. I've tried a ton of different brands. And so I'm always switching, always trying new stuff. Um, so, but it's been cool. I, I think it, it took a while for me to realize that when I do my hair, I need to have both a leave-in conditioner and a gel because for a while I didn't use a leave-in conditioner. I would only use like a curl cream. And I've realized that my hair needs something with a stronger hold. And so I always use both a leave-in conditioner to hydrate my curls. Because any curly girl knows, like, the, the big struggle for us is keeping your curls moisturized. Yes. It's so yes. hard to keep moisture in my head. So always a leave-in conditioner after I shampoo and condition. And then after that, I also use a really strong gel. Um, and a lot of people, I think, sort of, you know, lean away from using gels because your hair will sometimes feel hard. gel but I think what's helped me to sort of um, loosen that that really crackly hold is I'll take some argan oil after I've applied the product and after I've gone through it once with the diffuser I'll put argan oil in my hair and that usually breaks that hardness so my hair is usually pretty soft even after I use a, a really strong hold with a gel so when you're doing all of this process how long would it take you like in one sitting if it depends you ready so if I if I'm washing my hair that day, I've I've been trying as of late to do more um, moisture treatments with castor oil, and so that whole process I'll put castor oil in my hair. I'll sit under a dryer for like 20 minutes. That process itself takes like 30 minutes to apply it, sit under the dryer, and then you know to actually wash it and detangle in the shower. That takes anywhere from like 15 to 20 minutes. Afterwards, if I do my whole head with leave-in 
and a gel and dry it. That'll probably take like an hour, hour 15 or 20. Um, but if I'm actually finger curling the entire thing, I mean that instead of taking an hour, that'll probably take like two and a half or three hours. Oh my gosh. It just depends. Cause I have a lot of hair. It's really thick. And you know, if I, if I, although I usually don't do like the longer process of like two and a half or three hours very often, I'll do that. Like, I don't know. Once Wait, do you actually finger curl? Like, yeah, yeah. You'll take each individual curl and like wrap your finger around it. So it's twisting the product in there. And what I realized is hel- is so helpful in that process is that it separates each curl. So rather than having like huge clumps of hair that are like sort of tangled together almost sometimes, it really does separate the curl well. And so for some reason, my hair ends up lasting much longer, um, especially if I don't work out. I mean, usually if I do, if I do that three and a half hour process, I won't even have to do touch-ups in my hair for, you know, three or four days, um, as long as I'm not working out. If I'm working out, that changes the game altogether. Um, but, but it's just a really, it's much more helpful, even though it takes really, really long. But, you know, for a day-to-day kind of thing, I usually just, I use, a, I think it's called a Denman brush. Um, for all of my I just stuff. got one. Okay, yeah, they're they're super helpful, especially for detangling. So I'll do that for for my head, and then just for the front pieces is when I'll do the finger curl, just to make sure that like the front looks tight. We're gonna cut for a short ad break. So one of the things that like in the Broadway community, what we're talking about, some of the girls that I've had on here, we talk about. How is your backstage? Are there any people of color handling the wigs and all the the things? For you, you have to travel. You are doing all of these appearances. Not everybody knows what to do with texture like yours and with somebody who has as much hair as you. Mm -hmm. How do do you travel with the same hair person? Do you do it yourself? Are you teaching people? Like, what do you? Yeah, I just do it myself. Um, for the most part and there have been different people who have like tried to do my hair every now and then but for the most part I just like mostly insist that I do do it myself Um, there have been a few exceptions Um, for some photo shoots usually they'll have somebody there Um, there there have been a a couple of times where where they've had somebody there just to do touch-ups but I can't think of a time oh there was one time when we were doing a photo shoot for our sponsor chi there was a person there who did my hair and he understood like he, he obviously was using the chi products he understood that you need to finger curl you know my hair and so he knew how to do it and, and did a pretty good job um other than that i just do my own hair i just ask you know our our managers here at muo to talk to the people who are you know organizing whatever shoot or interview or event and just say like she'd like to do her own hair is there okay. somebody that needs to do her hair? And usually they'll be like, no, just come with it, you know, done. And we'll just style it, whether I'm doing like, you know, a ponytail or a bun or whatever. Um, I mean, it works out that you know how to do your hair. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it took a while to even get there. Cause like I said, I mean, trying different products, trying different, you know, methods and ways to do my hair, all of that took time, but now I'm in a good place. And so I feel pretty good about just telling people, I know how to do my own hair. I'm just going to do it. You know how to do it? I'm like, was it patience? I just am like, oh, I'm still trying to figure out what to do with my curls. But I feel like I'm relatively new to the natural hair game. So 
Well, they look I'm, nice from here. I mean, I can see like I love the bang. I wish <laughs> I, I sometimes I miss having my bangs because I used to have bangs too. Um, but it looks good. I mean, what are you what are you working on right now? What are you like worried about? Well, I've been doing a lot of twist outs, but I'm working on wash and goes. And so I I feel like I, I've gotten the twist out game. I know how to like lengthen my curls and I love the movement that comes with it. Yeah. But the goal I think is a wash and go to be able to jump in the shower, jump out and hit the road. Um, See, ugh, but I gotta say the wash and go, even the word itself is very deceiving. There's nobody that I know personally who actually embodies the sense of wash and go and the ease that that it makes it makes it sound like so easy like you just get yes. over, you wash your hair the white girls no nobody does that nobody does that even the white girls don't do that like <laughs> like they, they have to go through you know a whole drying process and sometimes flat ironing or barrel curling or whatever but especially natural girls that I, I was I think I was reading a thread online and somebody was talking about how deceiving the wash and go word is like no so, so don't even, just scratch that off the list. Like, just know that a wash and go is not easy, especially the first day. The ease of the wash and go comes on like day two and day three, when all you had to do is like take your hair out of your bonnet and then it makes it easy. But first day, oh no, there, there is no like, I get to wash in 20 minutes okay. and I'm out the door. That's not a thing. Okay. So you do use a bonnet at night. Is, is that what it is? Yes. I have a giant, it's like a jumbo bonnet. It is huge. I can picture it. Yeah. I have a little bonnet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're best friends. You'll you'll graduate to the bigger ones. Trust me. You'll get there. Oh, literally the goal. Okay, wait. So, and we might jump back and forth, but one of the things, I, I did a deep dive, Chesley, <laughs> and I realized when you had run for Miss North Carolina, mm-hmm. you decided to wear, okay, I need you to correct me on anything that I'm getting wrong. <laughs> okay. You had your natural hair. It seemed like all of the pageants that you had run in before, then you had straight hair mm-hmm. for the most part. Yeah. For Miss North Carolina, you were like, I'm going to wear my hair natural. Okay, stay with me for a second. You did not win that pageant. But then the next year, you ran again with your straight hair. You ended up winning. And then the next the next phase was Miss USA. Mm-hmm. I want to know, and you... You competed at Miss USA with your natural hair. Yes. I, okay, I've done a few pageants myself. And woo! I would feel like, woo! <laughs> and um, Miss America organization and the Miss World organization. Oh, awesome. Um, I was Miss Fullerton in Miss in the Miss America organization at, out of California. Oh, and then I... I was Miss California for the Miss um, World Organization. Oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you, girl. Thank you. (laughs) Well, my thing is, if I lost one year wearing my natural hair, that would have killed my confidence to wear it. Like, if I lost with my curls and won with my straight hair, I, my confidence would have been very low to compete again with my natural hair. Yeah. Was that ever a thought for you? Um, no, only because by the time that I won Miss North Carolina USA, like you said, my hair was straightened. I, was, I had like barrel curls or something. They were um, beautiful. I, yeah, thank you, thank you. But by then I, I had already been regularly wearing my natural hair. It was like all over my social media pages. 
day to day at my law firm. I was wearing my hair naturally. And so most people who were close to me and knew me and even my directors after they like saw my social media and stuff knew me for, you know, wearing my natural hair. And so most of the people that I talked to who were in my circle were like, oh, you're going to wear your hair naturally for Miss USA, right? And I was like, oh, am I? Okay, sure. So, I mean, it was, it was funny to me that, that for other people, it was obvious that I would be myself and be authentic and wear my hair the way that most people knew me um, to be wearing my hair. And, uh, and so for me, it was, it was an easy decision. Um, you know, on top of that, on top of other, getting the encouragement from other people and sort of seeing that, like, I need to be my most authentic self, um, you know, in the alternative, like when you're at Miss USA, there are 51 contestants, 51 of us, 51 delegates from, you know, all 50 states and, and the, and the district of Columbia. And so obviously you need to sort of set yourself apart from other people. And for me, the way to, you know, set myself apart was like, there aren't going to be that many women who are on the Miss USA stage wearing their natural hair. You know, obviously we've had a Miss USA um, just a couple of years before, Kyra McCullough, who had worn her natural hair and won, but still it wasn't like common. And so I, I remember scrolling through the pages of other delegates and saying like, nope, she's not going to wear natural hair. Nope, she doesn't have natural hair, you know, curl pattern like me. And so I figured there were going to be like three of us maybe who were going to be wearing natural hair at, at Miss USA. And so I was like, well, <laughs> this is the way to make it easy. This is the way to be, you know, a little different. I mean, even I think when I, when I got to Miss USA uh, to compete, I, I arrived with my hair straight. And there were a couple of times people were confusing me with other contestants. Like there, there was once that me, oh. me and Miss Oklahoma USA would like joke about how we were twins because there were a couple of times where people wouldn't be able to to separate the two of us. And so um, right. I think that just reconfirmed like I need to make sure that I set myself apart by wearing my natural hair. And so it was both like an authenticity thing and, and also like a strategic decision to to wear my natural hair. I feel like oh, you're one of those for such a time as this, like God put you there for a reason because you are such a role model to so many people, older, younger than you. Seriously, I feel like when I was competing, the it was not even a question. You would not touch the stage with natural hair. <laughs> and I don't know if that was a California thing, if it was like just kind of a, not strict, but a very conservative area that I lived in or what it was, but it was, that was not even a question, Chesley. Mm. It's like, if you come on stage, I, I showed up with my natural hair once and somebody, my one of my directors was like, are you going to do anything with that? It's <laughs> kind of frizzy. Like, yeah, and I've heard many people have sort of similar stories too. Yeah. And so to watch you on this national stage, you said it felt like that's the obvious next step. It was the next thing for you to do. It was just, it was even easy but on the outside looking in, that is the most trailblazing. <laughs> like it gives me chills because I'm like, do you guys see? Do you see? Look, she's doing it. And that to me, it's saying to the world, like, this is beautiful. We've got a Miss USA rocking her natural curls. I'm going to rock mine. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you. I think, you know, for me, I think there have been other Miss USAs who, have worn, you know, their natural hair, like I said, you know, Kyra McCullough and Susie Castillo. But I think the important note is is not to treat those uh, winners as anomalies, is that we need to see more and more winners and more and more women doing well with their natural hair. Otherwise, people will say, you know, she was the exception. I can't wear my natural hair. And, and you know, like you and like me, you know, I, I think when I started competing, 
both in the Miss America organization and in the Miss USA, the Miss Universe organization, um, I had never worn my natural hair except for, you know, the one time at, I think it was in like 2018. Um, so I think many people have that view, have that mindset, like I can't wear my natural hair. But I think the more and more of us you see, me and, you know, like I said, Kyra, Susie Castillo and other other winners and other women who are in the top five or the top 10 or whatever, when you see more and more of us doing it more yes. often, that's when it becomes normalized. And we no longer are the exceptions. We are just a part of many women who have this option of wearing their natural hair. So I'm waiting, I'm waiting until we get like, you know, somebody with like a full big fro. I think that's one of the reasons why so many people love seeing Zozie, for example, win because she has, I mean, she's described her hair as like coarse and she has a different curl. I mean, she has, she has a, you know, really, really different hair. It's short. Um, and so it's something that you never would have imagined. I think us seeing like Miss Jamaica, um, I think it was in 2017, who was in the top three at Miss Universe, who had, you know, an Afro. I think seeing more and more of that is essential. I, and I'm waiting for us to see like a full brushed out fro on the Miss Universe. <gasps> oh my goodness. I have chills. And like on the inside, I'm like, I have a fro. Yeah. <gasps> I'm always like, could I, would I ever dare to show up to the Tony Awards with my, with my natural hair like that with an Afro? I don't know. Like you might be inspiring me. No promises. Well, well, I mean, other people have inspired me. Like I think it was Sierra who wore the giant brushed out fro at the Met Gala and, you know, other stars who have worn brushed out fros on red carpets inspired me to wear, you know, my brushed out fro on the BET um, I it was saw that. Rock Awards. Yeah. And so it was like, we need to see more of this. If we just do it, just do it. You know, we'll show other people that it's possible. Uh, especially when like y- the public perception of you is already, oh, she is beautiful. It's like, you can revolutionize anything. <laughs> we'll be right back right after the break. So your mother, she was a Mrs. North Carolina as well? Yes. Yes. She's a former Mrs. North Carolina U.S. 2002. So she won a pageant for married women. And she really was my inspiration for competing. That's awesome. I have a friend. Her name's Shantaya McIntyre, who all, did the Mrs. California. And so she's also married with four beautiful children. And so I'm like, I understand that that system. Um, and she was talking about you in her interview. Her curls are gorgeous, too, Chesley. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. I need to look her up so I can see them. Oh, she's fabulous. Um, But like, can we talk about, and this is not your hair, but like, you have a 16 pack. Can we talk about your abs for a second? I'm literally like, I just need to put your picture on my wall and so I can put the Cheetos down. Look like that. How, how, how chiseled. You're chiseled. Oh, well, thank you. Well, you know, I think I just have an athletic background. I wish I could say it was just me and just me putting in hard work all the time. Um, That certainly is a part of it. But also like, you know, my dad was a college athlete. My mom just ran like the New York Marathon for the first time last year. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And my, you know, one of my brothers played pro soccer in Australia. Another one of them was a D1 football player who just graduated. And so like, you know, we just were his athletes at my house. And I think it's not really like just that we work hard. It's also that that's sort of where we come from is like our parents and they all, everybody runs. My stepdad does CrossFit. Everybody does. It's like our activity on the weekends, like who's going to the gym with us. Um, so, so I think that was really it, which is like the culture of athletics within my family. 
Oh, yeah, I don't come from a family like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, honestly, I, I think that most people have more th- more interesting things to do than just going to the gym on the weekends. But that for us, that's that's what we that's what we like. What we're used to. Um. Well, it's bomb, and it looks bomb. Um. I have a few more questions before you for you before I let you go. Um. So, obviously, this year the pandemic kind of is just sucks. It honestly just sucks. But before all of that happened, um, and there might have been some crossover, can we talk about Black Teen Miss USA, Black Miss Universe, Black Miss America, you, Miss USA, and I even (laughs) think maybe Miss World also is Black? What is it like being a part of this girl gang of history? I mean, for such a time as this, if there was ever a time to win a... Your, the title that you have, what I think God is just like, oh, this is a, the best time for you. Aww. How do you feel about, about that? Yeah, I think that it's been really exciting. And, you know, just as a pageant fan and a woman of color, it's, it's thrilling to watch. Uh, but it's also a little surreal to know that, like, I'm a part of it. Because there are so many times where I'm like, oh, my gosh, so cool. We've got all these women of color who are in these incredible roles and I'll be looking at pictures and I'll be like, Oh my God, I forgot. Like I'm one of them. And I think that that moment um, is just for me a really a, a, full, a full circle moment because I've been a pageant fan for so long and there have been so many women of color who have been trailblazers for me. And um, you know, like my mom that I mentioned and yeah. it's, it's just exciting. It's exciting to be a part. And I hope that more, more women of color are so inspired by us that they compete and that they understand that, not only can they win as black women, they can bring their friends with them. I love that. Well said. Um, and another question that I have for you is I know that being a part of a pageant system, a lot of times you, when you are saying anything public, especially political or that could be controversial, there's like a way and an art almost of saying it without offending anybody. It's kind of what you have to do because you've got people from all sides looking at you. You're representing, especially at your national um, platform, you've got people from all sides listening to what you're saying. Mm -hmm. How do you balance that, trying to not offend anybody, with, okay, George Floyd has just died, and now (laughs) there is a whole movement, and I fit into that demographic. Like, that's my... How do you balance Black Lives Matter, but also not offending the other? Like, what, how do you deal with that? So I have to give props to the Miss Universe organization for empowering women, including me, to, to say what's on our minds. Because I, there have certainly been times in my pageant journey when I felt like I couldn't say what I really meant or what I was really feeling because I was afraid of being judged or afraid of offending someone. But I think the Miss Universe organization from the start of my reign has always and has always told me to just say what's on my mind. I, like I, there's been so many controversial topics that we've yeah. covered. Um, I think maybe a week or two into my reign, we, I was doing an interview and I was asked about anti-abortion laws. Um, several weeks after that, we were talking about um, immigration policies, especially you know ICE and their treatment of people at the border and, and you know putting kids in cages. Uh, we've talked about the legalization of marijuana. And so when it came down to um, George Floyd being murdered and talking about Black Lives Matter, it was an obvious step 
to talk about what was happening because we'd already talked about many other topics. And I think for this particular one, talking about Black Lives Matter, um, this shouldn't be controversial. This isn't about, you know, left or right, Democratic or Republican. It's about right and wrong. And you should, as you know, a public figure, talk about what's happening. Um, so I'm glad. I'm glad that, that we have covered those topics. And I'm, I'm looking forward to you know, the next title holder covering the same topics and talking about these important issues. And I'm glad that the Miss Universe organization has, has, has made that possible by giving us that platform. Oh, I love, love, love all of that. Um, thank you. And also, because we're wrapping up, I'm going to get, get you out of here. Um, are you ready to give up your title in November? <laughs> How do you feel? I have mixed feelings because, I mean, by the time that I crown the next Miss USA, Miss USA 2020, I will have been Miss USA for 557 days. That's a oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's, that's a really long time. So, you know, I'm ready and I'm excited and, you know, glad that I'll be able to crown somebody new and see what her journey is like while I start my own in, in my new career. But on the other, on the other, you know, hand, I'm kind of sad because I know <laughs> I've, I've kind of grown into this role and, and, right. I'm, and like now I'm used to being Miss USA and like now they're going to take it back from me. That, that part of it is, is a little heart wrenching, but I, I think just the excitement of, seeing the pageant and me starting my own life, um, you know, my, my sort of next step. I think that excitement kind of dulls the pain of not being able to be Miss USA anymore. Oh, I will be watching. It's November 9th, right? November 9th. Yeah. And then Miss Teen USA is on November 7th. So it'll be just a couple of days before. Oh, I cannot wait to watch. I'll be crying with you from my <laughs> living room. I'm sobbing on stage. They're going to have to carry me out in a wheelbarrow. Oh my goodness. I am so in love. Thank you so much for coming on here. I appreciate you spending the time and for letting me ask all of the hair questions. I'll be like, I'm going to try that. Let me get some chi, honey. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much, Chesley. Awesome. Thanks, y'all. Y'all, I was so excited and totally geeking out to talk to and listen to Chesley Chris. She is truly such a gem with the most beautiful freaking head of hair. My my personal hair goals. Um, please follow her on Instagram at Miss USA or her personal Instagram at Chesley Christ um, or her blog at White Collar Glam or go to whitecollarglam.com. Her fashion blog is the bomb. Also tune in to Miss USA on November 9th when Chesley gives up her title on television. I know this is airing a couple days after the election. I have no idea right now what the state of the world is going to be in when you're listening to this episode, but I am crossing my fingers and praying that America is still standing. God be with us. Y'all shout out to the Broadway Podcast Network. Um, shout out to Wilton Music for producing my theme song, Love COD. The full version is sung by yours truly and available on iTunes and Spotify, I believe. If you're enjoying listening to Black Hair in the Big Leagues, please leave me a little review, like a little type in review. Leave me five stars. Unless if you hate it, don't leave me anything. <laughs> I'm so glad that you're listening. Please tell a friend. Thanks for listening to Black Hair in the Big Leagues. I'm your host, Salisha Thomas.
Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There is enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. <laughs> 